This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. The two best words in sports. Game 7. We've got one tonight in the Eastern Conference Final between the Penguins and the Senators. And it's easy to say Pittsburgh. They're at home. They played terrific in Game 6 despite the loss. Outshot Ottawa 46-30. to And I still think Pittsburgh is going to win. But when are we going to start to realize that this Ottawa Senators team is pretty good? You know, they came into the playoffs, all the 1-3-1 trap. Not a really te- a team to be too worried about. Boston could beat them. Well, Boston didn't beat them. And then the Rangers. Well, the Rangers are better. I still think the Rangers are better. But you know what? Ottawa beats them in six. Didn't even face elimination in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And then they get to the conference final. Oh, Pittsburgh's going to win in four. Pittsburgh's going to win in five. Here we are at Game 7. They didn't face elimination until Game 6, and we saw the way they faced that elimination like a champ. And now they go into a Game 7 probably with very little pressure. So I give Guy Boucher a lot of credit. Remember, he went to a conference final back in 2011, lost to Boston, and he's had this Ottawa Senator team ready. So I think we're in for a classic. I really do. I think both goaltenders will be on their game. Matt Murray celebrating his 23rd birthday today. Craig Anderson was spectacular in Game 6. And I would not be surprised if we see a game that is undecided in a third. And maybe, how great would it be to see overtime between these two teams? I just don't think Ottawa's going to go quietly in that good night. They've always found a way to bounce back after devastating losses. Just when you think they're dead, they rise. So Pittsburgh has the advantage because of the fact that I thought that they outplayed Ottawa in Game 6 and only lost because of the goaltending of Craig Anderson and the fact that Pittsburgh's home. But Ottawa is committed to roughing up Sidney Crosby. If the Coles go their way, that could quiet down Sid, who had five points combined, three goals and two assists in games five and six, in games four and five, did not have a point in game six. I, I think it's going to be a classic tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure the league, I'm sure NBC is hoping for Nashville, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got a national following, and Nashville, I think, has just been a fun team. Ottawa might spoil that, but from a pure hockey standpoint, I think Ottawa and Nashville would be terrific. Two underdog teams going at each other. Two teams trying to win a Stanley Cup for the first time ever. Pittsburgh's trying to go to a Stanley Cup final for the second consecutive year. If they do it, they would be the eighth team in the last 30 years to go back-to-back in the Stanley Cup Final. And ironically, of the seven times it's happened in the last 30 years, Pittsburgh did it twice. They did it in 92 following up their Cup Championship in 91 when they beat the Minnesota North Stars. And, of course, they swept the Chicago Blackhawks to win their second consecutive championship and then did it again in 09 after losing to Detroit in 08. Both teams matched up again in the 9 final, and this time Pittsburgh got the win. So it would be something of how Pittsburgh has been such a part of Stanley Cup history, right? Uh, to be able to go back to a Stanley Cup final, that it would be the third time in franchise history to do it back-to-back. They'll try to become the first team since the 97-98 Red Wings to win back-to-back championships. But first things first, we got a game uh, seven tonight. And I hope it's a lot of fun, and I hope it goes right down to the nub. And let the best team win. And Nashville is just having fun watching these two teams beat each other up. Uh, and Monday, the Stanley Cup Final will begin either in Ottawa or Pittsburgh because the East has the home ice advantage because both the Senators and the Penguins finish with more points than Nashville. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun this series. I asked you earlier today who you got. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. So a lot of people want to chime in 
on what's happening here, including the ghost of Tex Rickard, who says, Ottawa, best no talent, trapping, face-washing, slashing, spearing, slew-footing, knee-on-knee team of the NHL, but I hate Sid Moore, sends. Uh, Guy says, Game 7, if Pittsburgh plays like they did Tuesday, I'm in on them. I think the ability to have the last change is big, and it is. It's become a matchup series, and trying to get the right personnel against Carlson if you're Pittsburgh, trying to get the right personnel on the ice to stop Sid. And one of the reasons Pittsburgh is just so good is because usually Malkin and Sidney play on different lines, which means you really have to spread out your defense, and that's why it's so important for Ottawa to get the first goal. They didn't do that in Game 6, but the game went along scoreless after one. Uh, They got the break on the daily goal being taken off the table because of the goaltender interference. Malkin scored, but they came right back on the power play and scored with Ryan. Ottawa was able to play their game. Ottawa can't afford to fall behind multiple goals. They can't afford to fall behind late. Uh, But they're going to have to play better because, as I mentioned before, getting outshot 46-30 to is probably not the formula to win a game seven tonight. Jennifer tweets, catching up on... At Don LaGreca's Game Misconduct podcast and reminiscing of when the Preds weren't in the Stanley Cup final and a, short, a picture of George Costanza on the railing looking out into the ocean contemplating his next move. I did check Jennifer's profile. I do see she follows the Chicago Blackhawks and they got swept in the first round. So it kind of makes sense why she's not that thrilled with Nashville going to the Stanley Cup final. Courtney says, it would be great upset if the Sens can hold off the Pens, so I'm going to go with the underdog and say Sens. So you can see there's a lot of people rooting for the Senators because they are the underdog. And let's face it, Pittsburgh is a hard team to root for unless you root for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They seem to be there every year. They're laden with talent. Sidney Crosby is a tough guy to like unless he's on your team. He's 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 sneakily dirty, which is something I actually respect about him. But, you know, certainly I think he's good for the sport of hockey. It'd be great to see him play in the Stanley Cup final. But, hey, I think Ottawa's just a terrific story. And I know, oh, why would you want him in the final? They can't even sell out their own building, yada, yada, yada. Just from the pure hockey standpoint, I just think it would be fun. You kind of know what you're getting in the NBA. The NHL is the complete opposite. I mean, who would have thought – all right, maybe Pittsburgh going to the back uh, to back finals, but who would have thought Nashville would be sitting here uh, in the Stanley Cup final and Ottawa just being a win away from doing it? Just unbelievable. Uh, Steven says, Pens all day. Donnie, come on, 2 0. He's going to predict the score. Uh, Murray channels Flurry for the goose egg. And Murray has been great. Remember, he got a contract extension off the championship last year, uh, if you remember. Uh, he has just been a tremendous goaltender. Flurry, I think, did the job he needed to do. I think Mike Sullivan pulled the right trigger by going back to Murray. People forget that he won the Cup last year and was the starting goaltender for the playoffs. And believe me, he got a lot of criticism, did Mike Sullivan, for making that move to go back to Murray. And so far, it's been good. And you can't kill him for giving up the two goals that he gave up uh, in the Game 6 loss. Um, Brian Gluck says, not sure why you say this is the first time this year the Penguins face elimination. They played Game 7 in Washington around uh, last round. It's true. Sorry. <laughs> they were up three games to one, and they did face elimination. So good job out of you. Uh, it's easy to forget that that was a Game 7, and they were facing elimination. So good job uh, catching that, Brian. Um, George says he totally agrees with the goaltender interference call. Hashtag stand your ground. I think, Tom, and I appreciate you agreeing with me, I look at the fact that 
people just don't fully understand the goaltender interference. And, and I, I put me in that category because I covered that Ranger-Carolina game a, a few months ago where it, it, Ronta was hit. Uh, there should have been a goaltender interference call, but then upon further review, Ronta's mask was outside the crease. The contact was incidental. It was outside the blue. People just need to understand. I had somebody tweet me say, that's not goaltender interference. The puck was loose. That doesn't matter. You make contact with the goaltender in the blue. You are subject to having a goaltender interference. It's not guaranteed, but then it does open the door for the possibility of the official to believe that there was goaltender interference. So the fact that there was contact by Daly in the crease to Anderson made it subjective on whether there was goaltender interference. Now, you might think Anderson still could have made the save. But, I mean, there was a similar play, I guess it was in the Nashville-Anaheim game where there was a goal scored. Yeah, it was the game-tying goal, if you remember, in game uh, in game six of the Nashville-Anaheim series where Gibson was contacted, and he was contacted in the blue. But the official believed that Gibson was able to get back onto his feet and had ample time to straighten himself up to make the save. So it's not just automatically goaltender interference if there's contact, and it does not automatically mean it's goaltender interference if there's contact if it's outside the blue. So it's just a matter of us understanding the rule. Uh, Mike Lawrence says, game misconduct... Sens played with desperation, and Anderson was huge. How was he in the third star? Last save against Crosby, the deflection is so true, Mike. Um, we talked about it yesterday. I don't know. the way they. Here's the way that they do it, and I never vote for the, the third star. You would think if I'm calling a game, I should be able to, to do that, but that's, that's not how it works. When you are covering a game, sometime in the middle of the third period, you will get a sheet of paper to write down the three stars, and it's handed to the media. Uh, it's handed to the PR director. And there are times where if there's a tie, it'll probably go to maybe who the more popular player is or who that given team would want to give the star to. And obviously it's going to be more home cooking. But that game was in Ottawa. I don't understand why they wouldn't appreciate the 45 saves. Now, did he stand on his head completely? No, but he faced 23 shots in the second period. He allowed just one goal. I think he deserved to be the number one star, but that's usually how it works. And it's also kind of crazy, too, because you don't do it at the end of the game. You do it sometimes with 10 minutes left in the game. So if it's a tie game, they give the number one star to the guy who scored in overtime. That's not the media. That's just the PR saying we got to give it that, that guy because nobody wrote his name down necessarily at the 10-minute mark of the third period. So I would not get crazy. Who is it? Um, Gagne with the Edmonton Oilers was the 1-2-3 and three star against the Chicago Blackhawks a few years ago when he scored five goals in a game. Believe me, it's not scientific. It's not anything that really matters. So I wouldn't get too too crazy about it. But it's still fun to have the conversation about why he wasn't the first star of the game. But I, believe me, there have been times I've called games and I've said to myself, really? Really? I've just retweeted, in case you're interested, kind of just off the topic. I decided here, because I got into the station early before I recorded Game as Conduct, and I just said, let me just take the best team on NHL uh, 94, one of the best teams, Chicago, and put them up against you know any team. And I picked the New York Islanders, not out of any thought. I just usually didn't pick the expansion teams, because if you if you play NHL 94 on Sega, they give the expansion teams better goaltending so they can be more competitive. I don't know if you know that. Scientific fact. Uh, so I played a 60-minute game, and I won 50-2. to two. 
So I've retweeted that. So if you want to see it, I retweeted it. It's on the Michael K. Show page. And uh, Steve Larmer had 20 goals and six assists for 26 points. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 15-goal, 12-assist performance out of Jeremy Roenick, and he ended up leading with 27 points. And I had 89 shots on goal in the game. So I retweeted that. At some point during the course of the summer, and file this down, game misconduct fans, we are going to have an NHL 94 tournament off of Sega in New York. So we might invite some listeners and some fans of Game Misconduct to participate. We will let you know uh, before the end of the Stanley Cup Final when we're going to do that. We'll give you a date, how you can participate. Obviously, it's easier for people that live in the tri-state area to play. But, hey, maybe if you're a person of means and want to fly to New York to play, hey, I'm not paying for it. If you want to pay for it, go right ahead. Uh, but it could be fun. NHL 94, by far the best video game in the history of the genre. So it's always fun uh, to do that. And we're going to have a lot of fun during the course of the summer. We'll get a date for you. We'll get a way that you can get yourself involved. We've done it before. I We've done it twice before. I am the two-time champion. So I'm the guy to beat. So we'll see if you got it in you to, to beat me in, in NHL uh, 94. So thanks so much for participating today. A couple of more tweets. Uh, Louis Bruno says he's got the Pens winning tonight. Dr. Greenthumb says he's got Ottawa winning tonight. Looks like it's uh, everybody seems to have Ottawa. Keith says wishful thinking, but I like Ottawa to finally win a Game 7. Go Sens. They're 0 for 5 in franchise history in Game 7. So that could be fun to check out as well. So you know what? I'm picking Pittsburgh, but I would not be surprised if this game's tight late. I would not be surprised if Ottawa won the game. Call me lame, but the one thing that I would worry about, I'm not sure the game is going to be officiated the way Game 6 was. Ottawa might get in some penalty trouble if they're as abusive to Sidney Crosby as they were in Game 6. And I use the word abusive, not criticizing Ottawa. That's the way you got to play it. But the officials have to play that game as well. I'm not sure if the, Ottawa will be allowed to do that. If they do, then I could see the Ottawa Senators winning the game. But Pittsburgh's home. Pittsburgh played well in Game 6. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, and I think that would be a fun Stanley Cup final between the Penguins and the Sens. Tomorrow's game misconduct on Friday. We will know the Stanley Cup final. We will give you an in-depth preview on that final coming up tomorrow. You want to participate at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on the ESPN app. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Big one tomorrow. Big game tonight. This has been the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.